0: Hello and welcome to Stories from Another Day, a Collingwood Museum podcast. I'm your host, Ken Mahar, and together we're on a journey through history to uncover the stories of the people and the events that make our town of Collingwood the amazing place it is today. This is episode number 26, and today's story is The Last Chapter. The fast-setting Arctic Sun momentarily breaks through the dark gray cover as the icebreaker's crane lowers the survey and diving boat into the cold water below. It is almost as if nature itself knows that the clouds of a hundred and sixty years of mystery are about to disperse. This day, an important part of the mystery of the famed Franklin expedition will finally be solved. The final chapter of their story would be written, and Collingwood would have a hand in it. As Paul Watson, writer for the Toronto Star, recounts, it's 4.30 p.m. on Sunday, September the 2nd, 2014. Icy Wind's Blowing in from the north, cutting across the icebreaker's bow between 16 and 20 knots. All the while, the ship is rolling in three-foot swells topped by one-foot waves. The seas are getting rough, and night is closing in. They would only have about 40 minutes, but in that time they were able to get images that confirmed the long-sought discovery. They are finally, after all those years of long searching, looking at one of the ships of the ill-fated Expedition, which would later be identified as the HMS Erebus. As the curators of the Royal Museum's Greenwich discuss in great detail, the Terror and the Erebus had sailed together for some years in the pursuit of polar exploration. Under the command of James Clark Ross, they joined for an expedition into the Antarctic from 1839 to 1843, there surviving storms and even a major collision at sea. While there, they circumnavigated the continent, mapping large areas of the Antarctica and the Ross Ice Shelf, setting the scene for all future polar exploration. Following their return from the South Pole regions, these two ships were refitted and restocked for a voyage of scientific and geographical exploration, this time through the elusive Northwest Passage under Sir John Franklin. The two ships set sail in 1845 and were last seen by a whaler named Enterprise, on July 28th of that same year. Now the final chapter of this historic expedition, and the loss of all 129 souls on board, has long been veiled in mystery, and the only information known for sure came for the longest time from a single inked note discovered in a discarded tin can the note reported the abandonment of the ships trapped in heavy ice on April 22, 1848. That's a full three years after they were last seen by anyone else. The location of this note led many to believe that they knew the general area where the ships must have gone down. However, Inuit accounts had for over a hundred years at that point spoken of at least one ghost ship drifting south on the sea ice. It took a century of fruitless searching and a series of serendipitous events to finally prove those Inuit stories right. First, Heavy sea ice blocked the flotilla of seven vessels from searching in the area known as Erebus Bay, so the search had to be moved far south of the Victoria Strait. Next, a pilot taking two archaeologists to just the right barren Arctic island for entirely unrelated work. One island in a thousand. And then, this pilot while waiting for the researchers to do their job, walked the shoreline and found the single critical clue that had eluded generations of searchers. I was just walking, and out of the corner of my eye, something looked out of place from the rocks and the tundra, he later told the Toronto Star reporter. The clue? A piece of rusty iron... About 43 centimeters long and in the shape of a tuning fork. It was part of the boat lifting gear from a ship. And this piece of iron was significant for two reasons. First, hiding under the hand of the archaeologist who picked it up was the mark of the Royal Navy, two broad arrows stamped in the metal. Navy ships like the ones. were lost. And secondly, this piece of iron weighed in at 10 pounds, and that meant that it could not have traveled far from the rest of the wreck. With that discovery, the researchers on that nameless island knew that while they were in the wrong place, they were in exactly the right neighborhood. But that neighborhood is a long, long way from Collingwood. So what hand did our town play in all of this? Well, the answer to that is written on the side of the ship, still visible in the roughening seas and the fast fading light. Sir Wilfrid Laurier. A ship that began her career right here at the end of huron Ontario Street a ship that we watched first touch the water in our harbor way back in our first episode. The very last ship to be built by the good people of Collingwood as their 100-year shipbuilding history came to a close. And this, dear listeners, is what I find so fascinating. In order to write the final chapter of the Franklin Expedition, a mystery which itself is just slightly older than our town. The last chapter of our own shipyards had to be finished first. Something is lost before another lost thing can be found. And so, the HMS Erebus, a ship first launched half a world away, and over 50 years before the Collingwood shipyards ever began, is finally found, almost by chance, by the CCGS Sir Wilfred Laurier, the very last ship built in Collingwood nearly 30 years after her shipyards closed. Beginnings come to an end, only to begin anew, and the last chapter always leads into a brand new one. And events overlap in unexpected ways, because history has a way of eventually connecting all our stories. But what all those stories are, and what all their connections will be, we'll have to wait for another day. And with that, dear listeners, we are marking the last chapter of our first season of Stories from Another Day. It has been a wonderful experience, a great learning experience for me. First of all, in figuring out how to do a podcast, and secondly, in learning some of the wonderful stories connected to our town of Collingwood. Back in 2014, I was excited to hear the news of the discovery of the Erebus. Uh, I had no idea at the time, not being a volunteer at the museum, that it had any connection at all to our town and our township building history. This past season has been a real opportunity to learn and grow personally, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along for the ride. In particular, I'd like to thank all of the staff at the museum who have worked so hard and thanklessly at times behind the scenes helping to make this podcast better than I could do it on my own. So to Elisa, whom I thanked personally last episode, and to Lindsay for all of her editorial work and extra research and finding the great pictures that go along with each episode, And also to Melissa, again, for the supervision and the guidance and for taking over the storytelling chair for our episode on women's hockey here in Collingwood. Thank you one and all. And I look forward to working with you in the new year. And to all of our dear listeners, thank you for tuning in and for all of your great feedback. As always, We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments on any of the episodes. If you have an idea for a story that you think is worth sharing, we'd love to hear it. We have one in the works already for next season from one of our listeners. Thank you, Kathy. And we'd love to be able to include more. Following this episode, we'll be taking a break over the summer months preparing for a whole new set of stories in Season 2, which will begin on September the 6th. In the meantime, we would invite you to go back and listen through the back catalogue of 26 episodes, share them with those you know who like a good story or are interested in history. And if you're out and about through the summer months, and I hope you are, please make sure you take some time to come and visit us at the museum. We have children's programming through the months of July and August every morning, Monday through Thursday. So many exciting opportunities. See our Facebook page for more information on which programs are coming up and how you can register your children or grandchildren to take part. Also, while you're there on our Facebook page, have a look for the schedule of the Collingwood Jazz and Blues at the station, which occurs throughout the summer. We'd love to have you come, hear some good music, and visit us in the evening. Well, that's all the time that we have for now. I hope you have a great summer, and we'll see you again in September for more stories from another day.